0: When the roar comes, people begin to get set free. So we've been quiet way too long, Lord. Thank you that we're finding our voice and that we're using it. And we just bless you, Lord. And the word the Lord gave me a word for you this morning, and it was out of Joshua. And Caleb came to him, and he said, "You know." I had a promise 45 years ago that I was going to get some land, and I've been faithful to the Lord, and I'm 85 years old, and it's time for me to have my land. And the Lord spoke to me and said, You know, a lot of you all have stood and believed for things for a long time, and it's time to start asking. You need to start asking because he went and asked for it and said, It's my time to take it. I want it now. And you know what? He got it. So we've believed God for things that we would believe, and then we just said and believe. We ask you this morning, Lord. We ask you for revival for Sky Took. It's our time. We've believed and we stood. We are been righteous people standing in the gap. And Lord, this morning we ask for revival for Skytook. Lord, pour out your spirit in this place. Now you asking for what you've been believing him for, Lord. If you are righteous with him, you have that ta- you have that right to ask him. So, Lord, we come asking this morning. We come asking for the fire of God to come. Burn out the things that doesn't look like you. Lord, we come asking, we're knocking, we're seeking. It's you, Lord. We rejoice in you because you hear us and you answer. And guess what? Caleb got it. So if he cares about him, he cares about you and what you're asking for. So, Lord, we rejoice that you hear us. We rejoice that you give us our heart's desires. We rejoice that you give us those promises. In Jesus' name, give him a shout because it's coming. It's coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Amen. We're gonna I we haven't even really talked, so I don't really know exactly what we're doing next, but I think the ushers are gonna come and we're gonna receive the offering. That seems like what we Anybody get blessed
1: do. financially this week? Amen. Amen. Okay, all right, one.
0: Judy keep did showing.
1: keep believing.
0: Judy did, amen. Okay. Well, Lord, just bless the offering. Thank you that we get, get to give back to you. And we're just going to continue on with the service. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all go ahead and receive that. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Now, don't get quiet. Roar.
1: Stella, pray for us. Get Angie's mic there and pray. John Watson, would you pray next? Lord,
0: we thank you. We thank you for this time together. Father, we ask that you bless this service, that you bless this town, that you bless this county, that you bless Oklahoma, Lord, and the United States. As we stand firm in your word, Lord, we ask that you shower us with revival. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.
1: Somebody else come pray after John.
2: God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we have to come and hear your word and to worship you. God, I pray for our pastors, God, that you speak to them and that they impart to us what it is that you want them to impart and that we're going to remember it when we need to. And, God, we just thank you that you help each one of us to not just be hearers of your word but doers in Jesus' name.
1: Come on, about 10 of you should have jumped on that, having a chance to pray. Where's the lions?
0: Lord just keeps telling me to pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, on this place. Have your way. Guide us. Protect us. We ask for blessings on our family. Because in the Bible, the whole household came to the Lord. And so come, Holy Spirit, come in our lives. Come in the lives of those we love and of those we don't even know, Lord. We are asking for a move of your Holy Spirit starting with us in Jesus' name.
1: Starting now in Jesus' name.
0: The word is now, we declare turnarounds now, we declare healings and deliverances now in the name of Jesus. This is the now time, and we speak it now in Jesus' name.
2: The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the, the word salvation means healing, Pray, John, deliverance. John, Father, Lord. we welcome the living God. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, like the earth needs the rain. We need you, like the plant needs the flower, needs the sun. We need you more than anything, every, any any time in our lives. We need you more now, Lord. Fill us this with your presence. Fill this house with your presence. Meet every need, Father. Let no need be left here unmet. We welcome the living God. We thank you that you are. We're a love child from a love God. We thank you, Lord, that you are a loving, loving God. We were nothing until you came and breathed your breath in us. You. Gave your love for us. You gave your life for us, Lord. Thank you so much for the living God that you are. And I was a nothing, a nobody till you made me a somebody. Thank you, Lord, for your love and for your mercy and your kindness. Amen. The Bible says your mercy is new every morning. We run to the throne of God today to obtain your mercy and your grace. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Not okay. Amen. 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 Men
1: say Tuesday. We're going to have a men's meeting Tuesday night instead of Monday night. Now, I know that's a big change. Brother John Watson's going to share some with us, and we'll have some other things. So, uh, 7 o'clock Tuesday night. So, uh, Well, God is good. He's on the move, and he said to ask. And you can think of uh, a lot of people that need to hear this message this morning. But God has selected you to hear it. Amen? You know, for years I battled about, I wish so-and-so was here, but I know God's got the ones here. He's got the so-and-sos here today that need to hear this word. Now, so-and-so is not a bad term. I declare and preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Come on, the... You know, there's countries you can't say the name of Jesus in. His name's Jesus. He's a wonderful counselor. He's almighty God. He's the eternal father. He's the prince of peace. And he's coming soon. He's coming after some people today. He's already come after some this morning. He's on the move. He knows all about us and still loves us. I want us to go on a journey. You can turn to the book of Exodus. Exodus. Uh, Three weeks from today is Resurrection Sunday. Some people call it Easter. We want to kind of go through Exodus, getting ready for Passover. Uh, We'll have some words about our Passover dinner and everything. You can get signed up for that. It'll be uh, on Wednesday after Resurrection Sunday. But I, I just want to go through some things here. And, uh, but, you know, we're just uh, we're living in, d- in different times. But you know what? I've been living in them all my life. They have been changing all my life. They've been changing your, in your lives more than you know. We just don't always stop and count all the markers and different things that have happened to us. And maybe every day we get older, we, we realize them a little bit more. But uh, you can depend on change. Our Heavenly Father loves us too much to leave us like we are. And He's going to continue to rattle our nest until we find what He's doing in our lives. And the Hebrews' exodus from Egypt is uh, quite a story. I love that story. That's uh, part of my testimony, part of my life. I've always loved seeing the Spirit-filled life in and through the Old Testament. That God's the same. It's all His book. It's all His Word. So we just need to get in in on that. So we're going to start in Exodus. I may read some of it. I may just talk about it. But today, God in the life of Moses, or how to make a man godly, how to make a woman godly. And listen, I was blessed to hear of 26 wild women up here Thursday night. Come on, ladies. Keep, keep praying us, guys. Did you see how many men volunteered to pray? Men, that's a good place to say, oh me. What a journey life is. I I tell you, I pray you realize that God's right in the middle of everything you're right in the middle of today. He knew about it before the foundation of the world, you were going to be in this place. He's created and put in you what you need to go through it. Oh, and the stuff that's in you that you don't need, that's against this, He's going to take it out. Did you ever pray? See, I pray against this Antichrist spirit in our government, in our world. That's right. I pray against it in me, too. Oh, do you think you could have some Antichrist spirit in you? Did you get up ready to praise God this morning? Or did something go wrong already and I wish it wouldn't have been that way? That's not Jesus-like, is it? I mean, there's a lot of that in us. God's out to get us dead to the flesh, dead to the world, and we won't worry so much about the adversary because we'll focus more on Jesus. Listen, if our focus is more on the devil's after me than it is on Jesus, that's why you you feel that way. We've got to get our life aligned with him. He is our Savior. He is our King. But you know, God moved... The Hebrews, down to Egypt, took a drought to get them there. Maybe he said, why don't y'all go to Egypt, and they didn't go. I don't know. Maybe it just took a drought. Maybe some circumstance caused you to move down here. (coughs) Dixie and I, our whole family lived at Ramona, and we moved to Skytuk, and then here my grandparents moved down here, and then my brothers and my folks, and everybody moved. But I mean, things move us. But you look back and you see, oh, that was God moving us. And there's so many times I've had a decision to make that you're at a dead-end road and you don't know what to do, and yet you make the decision and you look back on it and you see you, if you were beseeching God, you made the right decision. But boy, at the time, It didn't always feel like it did it but they get to egypt joseph's the prime minister and he so takes care of them everything's good but you know what that king that knew joseph died and another king came along he said there's too many of these hebrews they're getting strong And all they'd have to do is just get organized and turn against them. We've got to change this. And he began to put them, they became slaves. Pharaoh became God to them. They become slaves. And yet God allowed that. But God had prophesied to Abraham way back that his people would go into servitude for 430 years. God has got a plan. He's always worked it out. And if if you'll see that all through Scripture. But he gives this ultimatum. Kill the the babies. One commentary I read said said kill all the baby boys. I doubt if they kill the Egyptian baby boys. But kill all the Hebrew boys. But the midwives. uh, Sapphira and Pura. They stood against what the government said and did what was right. Come on. See, it's all through Scripture. You want an example to stand against the government? Look at those Hebrew women. He come back and said, what's the deal? You're not killing the baby? He said, listen, those ladies are so strong, they have them babies before we can get to them. And you know what God did? Because He said, because you've honored me and you've did that, he gave them husbands. They became, they they raised families after that because they had honored God just in that event. But when you get to chapter uh, chapter 2, it says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And I want to show you a scripture in, sh- in chapter 6, verse 20. this is amram this is moses dad married his father's sister jochebed in other words he married his aunt and she bore him aaron and moses she also bore him miriam miriam was the older you can go back all through scripture i've studied out the pedigrees of the jewish people and you'll find they're about Those 12 sons were about, as near as you can tell, because it didn't always list the wives' names, about seven-eighths percent of the blood of Terah, Abraham's father. I've studied that out in the horse pedigrees and saw how that works, but I thought that's really interesting the way. Now, we'd look at that as wrong to die someone to marry his aunt. But see, that was in God's plan that day and time. So God's always got a plan that don't always sound right to us, but it's always right. And you know that <clears throat> Amram and Jacobed's third child was Moses. And it was after this edict come out to, to kill the babies. But here again is someone that says, Pharaoh's not going to rule my life. I belong to God. And he's given me this baby. And they raised him for three months and put him in this little ark pitched with tar. Do you know there's some, a man that read that story years and years ago? It said tar. They, they put tar around it. He said that must mean there's oil in that area. And he went over there and discovered the oil. I mean, read your word. No telling what you'll find. You talk about that scripture says, cast your bread upon the water. Can you imagine taking your three-month-old child and putting him in a basket and then dropping him in the Nile River? Listen, our God's bigger than the crocodiles, isn't he? He's bigger than the rapid waters. He is everything you need. Then watch God. And they're wise. They said, "Daughter Miriam, you go watch, see what happens." They'd raise this girl. Pharaoh's daughter comes down. Oh, and they see something. Get there. What is that? This little boy is crying, and her heart just melts with compassion. You can. I've saw that happen. I've I've saw a baby dis- disrupt a whole service. Not the baby, but the mamas. Every mama in here goes, oh, they've never saw a baby before. I mean, that's just what happened to Pharaoh's daughter. But God did that. And she named him Moses, which means drawn out. She brought him out of the water. She didn't know she was being used by God. God will have the devil pay the diaper bill in this case. Raised him. Raised him. Just like he was an Egyptian. Had all the education. He had everything. He was somebody. Uh, Josephus says he was a commander of the southern armies there of Egypt. He was a learned man. And yet there was something in him. He knew that he was an Egyptian. I mean a Hebrew. And it's amazing to me. Scripture says, I mean, there's some way or other, even how long his mother got to raise him and his dad, because, you know, that daughter stepped up to Pharaoh's daughter and said, should I go find you a nurse for this baby? Oh, yes, that'd be good, and I'll pay her. And I don't know if they kept him till he was three years old or how old, but they put some things in him that he never got over. I mean, he was raised an Egyptian, but yet when he got to be about 40, there, some of that began to stir in him. Lord, you're such a good God. that he goes out one day and observing the people, and he sees an Egyptian mistreating the Hebrews, and he, ki- he looks around, doesn't see anybody, and he kills that Egyptian buries him in the sand. The next day, he goes out and there's two Hebrews fighting. He said, come on, brothers, what's, what's going on? And this one says, who are you? you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian yesterday? And he knew he'd been found out. Pharaoh found it out. And this young prince of Egypt flees for his life. He has to run. He knew Pharaoh would kill him. Pharaoh had that right. Pharaoh was God to them. He could do anything he wanted to do. And there, this guy with all his career in front of him. You ever had your career all in front of you? Listen, I did mine when I asked the Lord to fill me with his Holy Spirit. And a few days later, the next day or two, he began to tell me what he wanted me to do. I could see my career going out the window. Not because of what God was, a call he had, but because of the fear I had of what was going to happen if I answered all those questions. If I admitted my sin, is what I'm saying. Listen, he's, his, his career went out the window. Do you know God will wreck your life to save it? That he loves you too much to leave you the miserable, cross-patch, messed-up person you are. Mark, there's hope for all of us. There is. Do you think I ever had a horse that I owned and paid for that I didn't try to make it better? That I didn't have a purpose, function for it? Did he not create us? Did he not choose us before the foundation of the world? did he not say that i have chosen you you didn't choose me we're chosen why that we'd go forth and bear the word fruit and that fruit would remain then he says you can ask me whatever you will i'll give it to you that means you're walking in the character and will of God. He escapes. He goes to the land of Midian, the Midianites. They're descendants of Abraham and Keturah, Abraham's wife after Sarah. You know, they raised six sons. He finds a people. He sees these lady shepherdess and they can't water their sheep because the men all go before him, and yet he just steps in and takes charge and waters the sheep for them. The girls, this uh, Jethro or Ruel, the priest of Midian, had seven daughters, and they come in early that evening. And he said, "Why are you in early?" And they told him the story that this. They said this Egyptian. Watered the sheep, ran the shepherds back for us. He came to live with them. He gave him his daughter, Zipporah, for a wife. Here he is from the palace to a tent, herding sheep. And he realizes, that's my life. I can't go back. He raises two sons. I believe he got content there. You know, you can get c- content in a place that's not God's perfect will. Yeah, that was God's perfect will because it was the undoing. The See, it's not always what we've got to learn. There's some unlearning we've got to do. Dixie mentioned the word senses today. We depend on our senses too much. We're so educated and We've got everything in this nation we need except God, except the name of Jesus. I mean, why is that kind of a last grasp instead of the first? I'm telling you, it's because our minds aren't renewed to the extent that God wants them removed. Somebody say amen and bless Jesus. Come on, I'm not alone in here this morning. Moses thinks he'll live the rest of his life there. He said, I guess I'm not the deliverer of the Hebrews. But verse 24 in chapter 2 says, God <coughs> me. heard the groanings of the Hebrews and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There was a call of God. He remembered that. That chapter two is an interesting book. It, it goes from the birth to 40 years pretty quick. Yet, you know, sometimes life's long. When you're going through something, it seems like a day's forever. And yet you can look back on your life and realize they went pretty quick. God heard the groanings. He hears your groanings. And God remembers his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Listen, do we not have a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Weren't we grafted in? Isn't that available to us? Don't we have a covenant with the living Lord Jesus Christ? Chapter 3. The call of Moses. God reveals himself a burning bush now moses was pasturing the flock of jethro his father-in-law the priest of midian and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to mount horeb that's a famous mountain in the bible the the mountain of god that's got to be a famous mountain the angel of the lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous size, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called out to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he said, do not come near. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And he said also, I am the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face and was afraid to look at God. Have you ever had a burning bush experience? I told you one of mine a while ago. I had another one when the Lord spoke to me about preaching it. I was spitless. You ever had one? You need to have one. You'll have one. Here he is. He's minding his own business. Could happen to you just taking care of the cattle. It can happen. God can show up anywhere, anytime. He speaks through circumstances. He calls him. He might even, he maybe even had the thought of, yeah, I remember when I thought I was going to deliver those people. But God begins to work in his life. He tells him the mission, go to Egypt. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I mean, you go tell Joe Biden, let his people go. Dixie's been trying to. We are are declaring that. Tell him, oh, who sent you? Oh, I am that I am i'm the god of the hebrews go tell the hebrews they're going to a land flowing with milk and honey the hebrews were slaves i mean we, we see we know these stories and they're familiar to us but where are you at in god's hand what's he leading you to do now what changes are you going through in your life what's the circumstance That's moved your life. I I can see some of you, I know you great things have happened that changed your your life. Well, we saw it change his as a baby. We saw it change him when he's 40 years old. Now he's 80 years old, and there's still change. There'll always be change. But it ought to be upward and onward. It ought to be in Christ. It's not living a life of regret and saying, oh, I wish I could get out of this mess I'm in. Listen, you can get out of that mess today because you win the victory in Christ Jesus. You get on the right road. God will work out what you need. He is the God that's more than enough. Chapter 4. We're speeding right along. We've already got through three chapters here. God says, well Moses says, what if they will not let me go? I mean, come on, it was probably about like that. My dad's favorite saying was, you'll feel like a worm with four flats sometimes. I think Moses might have felt that way why should I let you go? Huh? What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? Well, what if they say the Lord has not appeared to you? Aren't there always lots of excuses we have for not being on the move or on the go in doing the things God wants us to do? Aren't excuses easy to come up with? All the what ifs. You know what that means? is we just don't trust our father. Listen, my father had me do some things as a kid that was hard. I thought at the time. But I know it was good for me. I've watched Angie do things that I know was hard for. But she, she learned from it. You know what God told him? What's that in your hand? He said, I've got a staff in my hand. He said, throw it down. And that's where it become a snake. Said Moses ran from it. You know what God told him? Go pick it up by the tail. That means I'll be the head. you be the tail. I'm leading this thing. And don't listen. He's leading in your life. He wants to lead in your life today. As scary as it seems He's going to get you through it. He is going to get you. But you've got to let him be the head. Oh, he said, that's not enough? Put your hand in your shirt. Pull it out. It was leprous. Put it back in there. It's totally healed again. He said, just show him these signs. Just show him these signs. I mean, some we have to be convinced, don't we? But verse 13, I love it. Please, Lord, send someone else. (laughs) Come on, isn't that just like us? Can you not believe that Moses was like that? He was an imperfect person. You remember why he didn't get to go into the promised land? Because he got mad and he did it his way instead of God's way. I mean, after... Another 40 years, he could still make a mistake, and so can you and I. Take heed when we stand, lest we fall. But our God is faithful. Lord, I don't want to go back and live through some of that again. I want to pass the test. Send someone else. Verse 18. Moses parted and run, returned to Jethro, his father-in-law. He probably said, you can't believe what happened to me out there today. Some would want to blame it on sunstroke. It was the sunstroke, but it was the S-O-N. Here's the way you ought to leave anything. Please let me go that I may return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see if they're still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. Now here's how he left. He took his wife, his sons, put them on a donkey, and returned to Egypt. But he took the staff of God in his hand. You see, god didn't put us here just to make us happy or to make us rich you look at what moses left with i thought he might as well just had a wheelbar might have been better you know i've been at this 80 years and this is all i've got but you know what he's got that we don't always have he had god he had god so it don't make any difference what you've got worldly possessions if you've got god you've got everything you need i mean it sounds like so little put your whole family on one donkey and lead them off whoopee i had a great time over here he did have a great time there he met god it doesn't always take 40 years to meet god but it can if you just want to keep passing it up and passing it up and passing it up I couldn't believe the people didn't jump up while ago and want to pray and claim to be spirit-filled. Somebody help me with this. Eddie, stand up and shout back there, will you? Come on, shout. Stir this place up. We claim to be. We're full of God. We're full of God. We want Him to come pray. How are we going to stand before God? I don't know. Just like Moses. Send somebody else. Send somebody else. Verse 24. I think, yeah. Oh, in verse 23, God told him, if the Egyptians won't, Pharaoh won't let you go, i'm going to kill their firstborn god told him what he was going to do now it came to pass at the lodging place on the way that the lord met him and sought to put him to death now that's an unusual verse god tried to kill moses why so zephora took a flint knife and cut off her son's foreskin and threw them at moses feet and said you are indeed a a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him alone. At that time, she said, you're a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. He couldn't take his sons back to be among his own people and them uncircumcised. Listen, see, we think, oh, that's okay. That's just a little thing. That doesn't make any difference. I think it seemed to be a big thing to God. Now, I'm not saying... You need to. We don't need a physical circumcision. We need the circumcision of the heart. But that's just an interesting passage along the way. And from that that time, Zephora and the boys went back to Midian. He went on to Egypt. They later joined him after he brought the children of Israel out. But see. Everything just didn't work perfect in that man's life, even when he was trying to please God. Do you get that? Just because things aren't right. I've had things go wrong. I guess I'm out of the will of God. Why do we always think when it's not working right, we shouldn't do it? I'm trying to start this new program, but the funds don't come, so it means God doesn't want it. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to go on regardless. We, we let circumstance control what God wants to do sometimes. Instead of just believing God to do in it, to be in the middle of it. And the Lord had told Moses, now I've already spoke to your brother Aaron. He's going to come meet you. So he meets Aaron on Mount Horeb. As I said, now, see, 80 years have passed from the time of Moses' birth till now. But he has found his mission in life. He started on it. He's a reluctant astronaut, we would say today. He didn't really want to do it. But God moved on him enough to convince him that that was what he was supposed to do. Sometimes it takes convincing. I've told you things that have had spoken over me that took me years to really get I wanted to believe it but sometimes you just got to get it in you to really believe it. Luke 4:18 is our mission statement. You know, we're supposed to win this city and we've made a we've made a move in it. We've made a mark in it. But listen, there's more territory, there's more people. There's not we're not filled up with lost people here today looking for God. We've got, a, we've got more territory that God wants us to take. I've already mentioned this scripture, John 15, 16, that says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. See, why do you think you're on earth? Why did God choose you? Well, it's to make us rich and famous and take care of us we live in the land of plenty And listen i pray by god's goodness we still live in a land where we can always freely worship but we're closer to being on the other side of that than you think because this one world government is set in motion and our, our, i'm convinced our country's as big a part of it as ukraine or russia or china they're agreeing to make us a one world government and they're agreeing to do away with the second, uh, what am I trying to say? The middle class. The middle class is what I'm trying to say. That's why they're, they want to break this nation. Our guns and the middle class is what's standing against them and us that are praying and believing for this. We need to keep praying for this nation. We need to keep standing for it. But what's your part in it? Moses found his part. Listen, some of you need to know this verse. It's in Matthew 28, kind of the last verses of the book of Matthew. Jesus told them, as you go, say, as you go, make disciples. Now, that's whether you're on the job, wherever you're at, make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples. It's easy. A new couple gets married, they'll raise a baby. That's easy. But getting that baby raised to being a mature person in the kingdom of God is a big project. And it's a project to make disciples. And listen, it's not my job to go win Sky It's my job to train you to go win Sky We've all got a part of this. We're part of the army of God. And and listen, I'm thankful and proud of people that will stand for God. But we're not making enough difference. We're not. Where where are those we witnessed to this last week? Where are those we're winning? I mean, we won't even jump up in church and pray. So I, I know we won't witness outside. It's O'Mease the answer. I'm telling you, he didn't call us just to have a meeting on Sundays. He's called us to make a difference in this region. And if not us, who's going to? Well, I'm going to tell you, this generation is a lot slacker than the previous ones. They fought the fight. We're letting it go. And the generation coming after us is worse because we haven't taught them. We haven't brought them up the right way. I haven't always. You want to hear some more about that? Can you see God at, at work in Moses' life? I mean, that's easy to see. But where's he at in your life? I'm not saying everybody's supposed to be a preacher. I'm supposed to say and everybody's supposed to be a disciple of Jesus as you go. It's got to be lifestyle, not just a Sunday thing. He did not go to the cross just to make me happy. Get over it. I'm sorry you've went through hard times. But Father has allowed it for a reason. And it's to change you. We've already talked about that antichrist spirit, but it's stronger in you and I than we want to admit. I've asked the Lord to expose it. Expose it in all of us, Lord. Do you believe that Jesus went to the cross just to save us? I mean, if that's the way, it, it could just be, okay, they're saved. Now we're out of here. That's not the way it works. So there's got to be a purpose. Say purpose. There's got to be a purpose. He saved us for a reason. Not to just be a chosen few and say, well, this is great. Let's enjoy it. We got a little club. We're not letting anybody else in, we'll not tell anybody else about it. Or we can say, this is so great, we ought to tell everybody about it. Listen, I was in the pit. I was in the pit after I got saved and got away from God. I didn't get away from him, but you know what I mean. You can't get away from God. Did Moses get away from God? He killed a man. And yet God used his life. I don't care what you've done. If you repent and get right with God, he'll use your life. That's who he is. He saved us so he could use us. He could use our lives to enlarge his kingdom. For his will to be done in all the earth. I've been reading a book. And I put me a little marker in it. I read something. I wrote it down. It was a really good statement. I'm going to read it to you. Well, I picked up that book yesterday and just... Wanted to finish a chapter. I'd got to sleep in. I'd put reading in the middle of a chapter. And I was reading and I come to that statement again. I realized my bookmarker got put back in the wrong place. But you know, God just used that to remind me of that statement again. I wrote it down. It says, can you stand up and say I've been transformed by Jesus? See, that's that's the reality of conversion. It doesn't, being born again is not a long drawn out process. Ladies could talk about the natural birth and sometimes that is a little drawn out, but it's not a matter of years. It seems like our growing up in Christ takes too long. There's movements in central and south america where the church if a person got saved today a lady got saved next weekend she'd spend the weekend with about three other ladies now they wouldn't ask her if she wanted to be delivered if she got saved she'd come back delivered she'd be set free from every addiction she'd be set free from everything in about six months they'd be expecting her to be able to lead a group It shouldn't take us 10 years to grow up in Christ. And it does just because we will not take that stand and say, I've got this issue and I need help with it. I can't tell you when I've had a man ask me to mentor him. I used to do some of that. You should be having someone mentor you. You should be mentored by someone. (coughs) see that's the reality of a changed life you can see that in Moses life can you stand up and say today somebody stand up and say I've been transformed by Jesus I know my life's right where it should be with Jesus come on just stand up and say that you see Come on, let's just start a little bit of music. Come on, this is a great day. Just, just keep praising the Lord. Listen, if you've got an issue in your life that's stopping you from that, just come today and let's change that. Come on, and don't stand up and lie to God. Lord, I'm asking you to make us who you've called us to be. Lord, I pray for everyone in here to be liberated. I see, I know there's two honest ones in here and more. There's more than two that didn't stand. Lord, we exalt you. Listen, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to make you find your place in the living Christ. I want you to be what He wants you to be. I know this about... If He's called you, He's got a plan and purpose. And by you being here, you've said He's he's called me you've all said yes I've been saved well, what's the evidence come on the altars couldn't be full what's the evidence of a changed life I've already said a young couple gets married they reproduce where's the reproduction that we're doing Lord I cry out to you that you help us I know it's not easy to witness I know everybody you run into says they've been saved. But Lord, we don't see the evidence in their lives. I can name eight or ten people that used to be here. I want to ask you if you've called them or prayed for them or went to see them. You might be like Abel saying, i my brother's keeper. You might be. Ask God. Ask God what He wants you to do. What is your mission in life? Lord, I exalt you. The altars are open. Just come. Let's let Jesus be Jesus. Was it easy for Moses? No, it wasn't easy for Moses. Moses. He cried out. He didn't want to do it. He didn't think he was able. He said, I stutter. I can't talk. He had all the excuses that we had. Lord, you stretch us. You put us in places where we're over our head so that if you don't come through, we're sunk. We're like Peter walking on the water. Lord, we bless you. What about the blood of Jesus? Do you know you need to allow Him to do something in your life today? If you had to meet Him today, if He came and took you today and you faced Him today, would there be anything you'd need to repent of? Let Him trust Him. Trust Him. He's got you this far. Trust Him. Don't let timidity and fear continue to hold and control your life see he's working in us to build his life in us so we'll have faith in him not faith in our circumstances or government or faith in someone else you've got to have your faith in Jesus just come bring it to Jesus this morning We'll pray for you if you need prayer, but if you'll just get face-to-face with Jesus, He'll bring you to that place He wants you. You can have your burning bush experience this morning. It took the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you think, why did He say in the garden, Lord, if it's possible, let this pass from me? It wasn't... That was as hard on him to be nailed to the cross as it would be if you had to be nailed to the cross. But he died to redeem all mankind. There's just a lot of people that don't know it. They haven't experienced it. His name's just a byword or a swear word to them. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Come on, we're raising up an army of kingdom changers. Come be part of it. Maybe you're like me. I thought, you know, you get saved and you just live the best you can. Listen, He wants to live His life through you. It's just not for you to be have a good job, and make money, and do everything you want to do. It's to make a difference in the kingdom. That's what it's about. Just come. We bless you Lord. Turn it up just a little bit, Al. That's a good
2: song.
1: Has he given you life? Maybe he, see that maybe you just know about him, but you've never really met him. There's a great percentage of the church world that's never really been born again. Their name's on the roll of a church, but they're not on the roll of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They're not in the book of life. We bless you, Lord Jesus. spirit of God's moving the antichrist spirit wants to resist what God's doing come on church pray let's let Jesus be Jesus in here this morning see you can walk out of here knowing that you can face God without fear guilt or torment because you let him do in you what he wants to do today and if you have that is great that's what I want you to do Just obey God. But I want to bring up the things you can't forget. You You know what you need to face. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. loves you. And you he loves you too much to leave you like you are. Jesus, you're beautiful. You know it's Jesus trying to change you?
2: You, are beautiful.
1: you remember the potter and the beautiful. clay? Jesus, you're Bless beautiful. you. Bless you, Lord. You are beautiful. Bless you, Lord. Lord, I thank you I that you've chosen us. You've me. called us. Lord, you've given us favor in this region. I I
2: gave
1: Lord, give us Sky to Give us the lost, the unchurched.
2: I have
1: Holy Spirit, I thank you you will finish what you started in our lives. Allen. For it's God who's working in us to will and work for His good pleasure. Lord, show us, show me the things I need to give you. We bless you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for everyone here, and I bring every need before you that, Lord, we would fulfill your call and the reason why you've put us on earth to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm glad you're here today. Men, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock.
0: We have a list, some list, um, the nursing home has reached out to us and asked if we would help um, and if you would be interested in, uh, Melissa will be out there with the sign-up sheet, but there's a list of things that they are asking us to donate for them for Easter. So I've got a little list. We're going to make some bas- bags for them. So if you would be, so there's like 40 people over there that we're going to give a little goodie bag to. So we're letting you have an opportunity to help.